when they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? And the crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Hi, everybody. As is true every time that I presume to preach the gospel of God's love for you in Christ Jesus, my prayer is that today, through my words, God will speak to you the particular word that God has for you, and that you will take that word to heart and love it so that it can guide you in doing God's will. On this Palm Sunday, Passion of Our Lord Sunday, my sermon has just one question for you to answer, only I'm going to ask you that question in two different ways. It's very much a Palm Sunday question, grounded in the story of Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem at the start of Holy Week, but also grounded in the realities of your life and mine on this very unusual and strange Holy Week of 2020. The question is, what's your donkey? That's right. What's your donkey? Jesus had his on that first Palm Sunday, and he used it well. I'm hoping that you can identify yours today and make the most of it as well. Now, my first what's your donkey question comes from early in the Palm Sunday story when Jesus tells his disciples to go into the nearby village and bring back a donkey that they will find with her baby donkey tied beside her. I'll say a little bit more about that baby donkey later. But for now, notice how Jesus also says, if anyone says anything to you, like, hey, where are you guys going with my donkey? Just say this, the Lord has need of them. Now that leads many interpreters to assume that the donkey owner might have been a secret disciple of Jesus, and that telling him that the Lord needs them would be more than enough for him to willingly release those donkeys into the hands of strangers. If the Lord needs them, we can imagine the owner saying, well then the Lord can surely have them. And so that's the first way that I want to invite you to answer the question, What's your donkey right now, today? 
What do you have right now that your Lord needs, that your world needs, and that you're willing to offer as freely and completely and willingly as the donkey owner was? I'm thinking today about the recently retired doctors and nurses who are finding that their Lord needs them to go back to work and help out their overstressed colleagues, even if it's at the risk of their own health and safety. And yet, sensing that their Lord needs them, that's enough, and they go. I'm thinking, too, about other healthcare professionals in parts of the country not yet impacted by this disease, hopping on airplanes or in cars and heading now to New York City just to help. I'm thinking about people who know how to sew, spending their days of confinement making face masks, people who have good health, checking in on neighbors who don't, people with continuing full paychecks being generous toward those who don't, people who can offer their technical skills to help others stay connected online through things like this. Now, most of us, probably all of us participating in this service today, have at least one donkey, maybe two, something or some skill or some ability that if we were told the Lord needs them, well, we'd willingly offer them. And I guess that's what I'm telling you today. Whatever they are, your Lord needs your donkeys, as many of them as you have. So think about it now, and after this service ends, What's your donkey? What is the Lord calling you to offer or share or let someone take? And then, as I said, there is a second way to ask and for you to answer that question. And for this one, we need to go back to the later parts of the story. After his disciples bring the donkey to Jesus, he gets on it and rides into Jerusalem. And it's important at this point for us to consider that this was no random, on-the-spot decision about what mode of transportation Jesus might use. This was instead a very calculated and deliberate act of political theater, as it were, that Jesus was performing with a strong message being communicated about his intentions that week before he ever said a word. You see, every year around the Passover festival, the population of Jerusalem would swell to many times its normal size. Jews from all around would come to the city and its temple for the Passover events. And this would not surprisingly make the Roman occupiers of Palestine very nervous about the increased possibility of insurrection and violence against their imperial control because of all the extra people around and all of their religious fervor. So every year, just before the Passover, Pontius Pilate, the Roman regional strongman, would parade into Jerusalem on his mighty steed, surrounded by soldiers on their horses with shields and spears, probably with bands playing Hail to the Emperor, Think, if you will, about all the, the military parades in North Korea just showing off their might and their weapons. A show of force done by Pilate to remind those Passover crowds just who was in control and who 
despite their hefty numbers, still had all the power and all the weapons to enforce it. And how foolish any idea of an uprising would be. It was a clear and unmistakable display of intimidation, of force, and threatened violence, without a single word needing to be spoken. Pilate was just showing up. So what then does Jesus do? He responds with his own nonverbal, unspoken message of power. Only for Jesus, it's a very different power. It's the power of humility, the power of nonviolence, the power of self-giving, self-spending, love and mercy. God's power that would soon take him all the way to the cross. So for Jesus, the donkey was an unspoken message that spoke louder than any words could. Instead of confronting Pilate in Rome by rallying his crowds and inciting them to violence and using the other powers of this age, Jesus confronted Pontius Pilate with a truth and a power that Pilate couldn't handle, much less defeat. The power of the coming reign of God. From the days of the prophet Zechariah, God's people were watching for a Messiah who would come to save them, riding not on a powerful horse or with weapons of war, but riding on a humble donkey, as would a king who came in peace. And it's because of Zechariah's words, in fact, that Matthew's gospel has that second baby donkey in his story that none of the other gospels include. All throughout his gospel, you see, Matthew has been concerned that we know that Jesus was the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy and hopes. And he took that fulfillment so literally that when Zechariah mentions a donkey and a colt, the foal of a donkey, Matthew decides he's got to include both in his gospel, even though all the other stories of Palm Sunday just have Jesus riding on a single donkey. So I guess that it's following Matthew's example that I will now ask my second donkey question. The same words, to be sure, but a totally new question for you to think about. What's your donkey? What message can you or will you communicate to people around you in these challenging days without words? Or maybe just before you speak any words? What attitudes or gestures or symbolic acts are in your arsenal to communicate the upside-down and inside-out power of God's kingdom at work in you? God's kingdom, God's reign of nonviolent, neighbor-first, self-giving love. What's your donkey by which you can communicate humility and peace to your family or friends, or confidence and calmness and serenity, to anxious strangers you may meet? It might be as simple as a warm smile or a friendly greeting to people you pass while out for a walk while keeping your proper distance. I mean, just because you're being careful not to pass on or receive infection doesn't mean that you need to look at other people with a face of fear and suspicion. 
Maybe it could be the unspoken yet caring support of rolling a neighbor's empty trash can back up to their house or dropping some home-baked cookies or a meal on their doorstep. It might be silently raking a neighbor's yard without being asked or writing a letter or sending or handing a thank you note to a nurse or a teacher or a grocery clerk or to the local police. You see, Jesus' donkey was his tool for an act of political theater, as I said, his strong and clear message about the power of humility and mercy and peacefulness and love for others, instead of self, that didn't even need words to be communicated to others. So, what's your donkey? That's the question that I invite you to ponder as this very different Holy Week begins. It's one question, but looked at from two different angles so that you can come up with your own different answers. What's your donkey? Like the donkey owner in that village near Jerusalem, what things or skills or abilities do you have that the Lord needs you now to share with others? And what's your donkey? Like Jesus riding into Jerusalem in great contrast to the pomp and power of Pontius Pilate, what are some signs and symbols that you can employ, like those teddy bears people are propping up in their windows, so that without even speaking a word, other people will know that you are a person of caring, compassion, community solidarity, and peace. Perhaps they will even show others that you're a disciple of a Messiah who humbled himself becoming obedient even to the point of death, even death on a cross. Now, don't take this the wrong way, but I always suspected that our church had no shortage of donkeys in it. So please let me know what answers you come up with. Maybe you can even type some of them into the comments section beneath this video on Facebook. What's your donkey? Stay well, my friends. God loves you, and so do I. Amen.